ಅಥಾಷ್ಟಪಂಚಾಶಸ್ಸರ್ಗತಸ್ತ್ರಿಶಂಕೋರ್ವಚನಂ ಶ್ರುವಾ ಕ್ರೋಧಸಮನ್ವಿತ ಋಷಿಪುತ್ರಶತಮ್ರಾಮಜಾನಮಿದಮ್ರವೀತ್ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಖ್ಯಾತೋಸಿ ದುರ್ಮೇಧೋ ಗುರುಣಾ ಸತ್ಯವಾಂಕಥ ಸಮತಿಕ್ರಮ್ಯ ಶಾಖಾಂತರಮುಪೇಯಿವಾನ್ ಇಕ್ಷ್ವಾಕೂಣಾಂಹಿಸರ್ವೇಷಾಂಪುರೋಧಾಪರಮಗತಿ ನಚಾತಿಕ್ರಮಿತು ಶಕ್ಯಂ ವಚನಂ ಸತ್ಯವಾದಿ ಅಶಕ್ಯಮಿತಿ ಸೋವಾಚ ವಸಿಷ್ಠೋ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಋಷಿ ತಂ ವಯಂ ವೈ ಸಮಾಹರ್ತು ಕ್ರತು ಶಕ್ತ ಕಥಂಚನ ಬಾಲಿಷಸ್ವ ನರಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠಗಮ್ಯತಾಂಸ್ವುರಂ ಪುನಃ ಯಾಜನೇ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಶಕ್ತಸ್ತ್ರೈಲೋಕ್ಯಸ್ಯಾಥಿವ ಅವಮಾನ ಕಥಂ ಕರ್ತು ತಕ್ಷ್ಯಾಮಹೇ ವಯಂ ತಾಂ ತದ್ವಚನ ಶ್ರುವಾ ಕ್ರೋಧಪರ್ಯಾಕುಲಾಕ್ಷರಂ ಸರಾಜಾಪುನರೇವೈತಾನಿದಂ ವಚನಮ್ರವೀತ್ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಖ್ಯಾತೋ ಭಗವತ ಗುರುಪುತ್ರೈಸ್ತಥೈವಹಿ ಅನ್ಯಾಂಗತಿಂಗಮಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿ ವೋಸ್ತು ತಪೋಧನಾ ಋಷಿಪುತ್ರಸ್ತು ತುತ್ವಾ ವಾಕ್ಯಂ ಘೋರಾಭಿಸಂಹಿತ ಶೇಪು ಪರಮಸಂಕ್ರುದ್ಧಾಶ್ಚಂಡಾಲತ್ವಂಗಮಿಷ್ಯಸಿ ಇತ್ಯುಕ್ತಮಹಾತ್ಮಾಶ್ರಮ ಅಥ ರಾತ್ರ್ಯಾಂಗಂಡಾಲತಾಂಗತೀಲವಸ್ತ್ರಧರೋ ನೀಲಪುರುಷೋಧ್ವಸ್ತಮೂರ್ಧಜ ಚಿತ್ಯಮಾಲ್ಯಾಂಗರಾಗಶ್ಚ ಆಯಸಾಭರಣೋಭವತ್ ತಂದೃಷ್ಟ್ವಾ ಮಂತ್ರಿಣ ಸರ್ವೇ ತ್ಯಜ್ಯ ಚಂಡಾಲೂಪಿಣಂ ಪ್ರಾದ್ರವಂಸಹಿತಾರಾಮಪೌರಾಯೇಸ್ಯಾನುಗಾಮಿನೋ ಹಿ ರಾಜ ಕಾಕುತ್ಸ್ಥಗಾಮಪರಮಾತ್ಮವಾನ್ಹ್ಯಮಾನೋದಿವಾರಾತ್ರಂ ವಿಶ್ವಾಮಿತ್ರಂತಪೋಧನಂ ಚಂಡಾಲೂಪಿಣಂ ರಾಮ ಮುನಿಃ ಕಾರುಣ್ಯಮಗತ ಕಾರುಣ್ಯಾತ್ ಸಹಾತೇಜಾವಾಕ್ಯಂ ಪರಮಧಾರ್ಮಿಕ ಇದಂ ಜಗಾದಭದ್ರಂತೆ ರಾಜಾನಂಘೋರದರ್ಶನ ಕಿಮಗಮನ ಕಾರ್ಯಂತೆ ರಾಜಪುತ್ರಮಹಾಬಲ ಅಯೋಧ್ಯಾಧಿಪತೆ ವೀರಶಾಪಾಚಂಡಾಲತಾಂಗತ ಅಥ ತದ್ವಾಕ್ಯಮಾಕರ್ಣ್ಯ ರಾಜಾಚಂಡಾಲತಾಂಗತ ಅಬ್ರವೀತ್ ಪ್ರಾಂಜಲಿರ್ವಾಕ್ಯಂ ವಾಕ್ಯಜ್ಞೋವಾಕ್ಯಕೋವಿ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಖ್ಯಾತೋಸ್ಮಿ ಗುರುಣ ಗುರುಪುತ್ರೈಸ್ತಥೈವ ಅನವಾಪ್ಯೈವ ತಂಕಾಮ ಮಯಾ ಪ್ರಾಪ್ತೋ ವಿಪರ್ಯ ಸಶರೀರೋ ದಿವ್ಯಾಯಿ ಮೇ ಸೌಮ್ಯದರ್ಶನ ಮಯಾ ಚೇಷ್ಟ ಕ್ರತುಶತಂ ತಚ್ಚನಾವಾಪ್ಯತೆ ಫಲಂ ಅನೃತ ನೋಕ್ತಪೂರ್ವ ಮೇ ನ ವಕ್ಷೇ ಕದಾಚನ ಕೃಚ್ರೇಶ್ವಿ ಗೌಮ್ಯ ಕ್ಷತ್ರಧರ್ಮೇಣ ತೇಷಪೆ ಯಜ್ಞೈರ್ಬಹುವಿಧೈರಿಷ್ಟ ಪ್ರಜಾಧರ್ಮೇಣ ಪಾಲಿತ ಗುರವಶ್ಚ ಮಹಾತ್ಮಾನಶೀಲವೃತ್ತೇನ ತೋಷಿತ ಧರ್ಮೇ ಪ್ರಯತಮಾನಸ್ಯಾಹರ್ತುಮಿಚ್ಛತ ಪರಿತೋಷನ್ನ ಗಂತಿ ಗುರವೋ ಮುನಿಪುಂಗವ ದೈವಮೇವ ಪರಂ ಮನ್ಯೆ ಪೌರುಷಂತು ನಿರರ್ಥಕಂ ದೈವೇನಾಕ್ರಮ್ಯತೆ ದೈವಂ ಹಿ ಪರಮಗತಿ ತೇ ಪರಮಾಸಾದಮಿಕಾಕ್ಷತ ಕರ್ತುಮರ್ಹಸಿ ಭದ್ರಂತೆ ದೈವೋಪಹತಕರ್ಮಣ ನಾಣ್ಯಾಂಗತಿಗಮಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ನಾಣ್ಯಚ್ಛರಣಮಸ್ತಿ ಮೇ ದೈವಂ ಪುರುಷಕಾರೇಣ ನಿವರ್ತಯಿತುಮರ್ಹಸಿ ಇತ್ಯಾರ್ಷೇ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ರಾಮಾಯಣೆ ವಾಲ್ಮೀಕೀಯೇ ಆದಿ ಕಾವ್ಯೇ ಬಾಲಕಾಂಡೇ ಅಷ್ಟಪಂಚಾಶಸ್ಸರ್ಗ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ವಾಲ್ಮೀಕಿ ರಾಮಾಯಣ ಬಾಲಕಾಂಡ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟೋ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಏಟ
Having been repulsed by Vasishtha's sons as well, Trishanku gets ready to seek another priest, whereupon he is degraded by the curse of Vasishtha's sons to the position of a Chandala and approaches Vishwamitra with the same request. Filled with rage to hear the submission of Trishanku, O Rama, the hundred sons of sage Vasishtha forthwith replied to the king as follows. When you have been repulsed by your preceptor, sage Vasishtha, who always speaks the truth, O foolish king, how have you sought another patron, ignoring him? The family priest, sage Vasishtha, has been the greatest support of all the science of Ikshvaku, and the word of that veracious sage cannot be set aside with impunity. How can we really venture to conduct a sacrifice which the celebrated and almighty sage Vasishtha has declared as something which cannot be undertaken? You are yet puerile of understanding, O jewel among men. Return, therefore, to your capital. The supremely glorious Vasishtha is even capable of conducting the sacrifices of all the three worlds, O ruler of the earth. How shall we be able to offer indignity to him by embarking on a venture which has been declared by him as something which cannot be taken in hand? Hearing the aforesaid admonition of Vasishtha's sons, couched as it was in words full of anger, the said king, however, once more made the following submission to them. I have actually been repulsed by the venerable Vasishtha, and even so by you, my preceptor's sons. I shall accordingly approach another patron. God bless you, O sages rich in Ascasis. Highly enraged to hear the aforesaid submission, revealing as it did his terrible design of disregarding Vasishtha and thereby courting disaster, Vasishtha's sons, for their part, cursed him in the following words. You shall descend to the state of a Chandala, an outcast of the lowest grade. Saying so, those exalted souls retired, each to his own hermitage. As soon as the night passed, the king was reduced to the state of a Chandala. Turning black in comp complexion, he found himself clad in black, the very yellow silk wrapped round his loins having turned black, and his long hair fallen off, the garland decking his person having turned into garlands of flowers grown in a crematorium, and the cosmetics with which it was anointed into a coat of ashes from the same unholy place, and the gold and bejeweled ornaments on his person having turned into those of iron. Seeing him changed into the form of a Chandala, all his counsellors, as well as the citizens that had followed him to the hermitages of his preceptor's sons, O Rama, ran away in a body, deserting him. Extremely self-possessed, though burning with agony day and night, O Sayan of Kakutstha, the king went all alone to Vishwamitra, whose only wealth now was his asceticism. Vishwamitra, who was now living as a hermit, O Rama, was moved to pity at the very sight of the king, who had not only been frustrated, but transformed into a Chandala. Out of compassion, the exceptionally glorious and supremely pious Vishwamitra spoke to the king, who had assumed a frightful aspect, as follows. May all be well with you. 
What is the object of your visit, O mighty prince, O valiant ruler of Ayodhya, reduced as you are to the state of a chandala through a curse? Hearing the question of Vishwamitra, the king, who knew the art of speaking, even though reduced to the state of a chandala, forthwith spoke as follows with folded hands to Vishwamitra, who was a master of expression. I have been repulsed by my preceptor, sage Vasishta, and even so by my preceptor's sons. Even without attaining that object of my desire, a contrary result has been met with by me. In fact, a hundred sacrifices were intended to be performed by me in order that I might ascend bodily to heaven, O sage of pleasing aspect. But neither is that consummation in the shape of my being able to perform a hundred sacrifices attained by me, nor the reward sought by me in the shape of my being translated to heaven. No untruth has ever been uttered by me in the past, nor shall I ever tell a lie in future, even when reduced to straits, O good sir. I swear by my allegiance to the duties of a Kshatriya, Worship has been offered by me to God through sacrificial performances of various kinds and people have been governed with righteousness. The elders, no less than exalted souls, have been gratified through my good qualities and right conduct. My preceptors, however, did not derive satisfaction through me even though I strove hard in the cause of righteousness and sought to undertake a sacrifice in order to be able to attain to heaven in my physical body or jewel among sages. I, therefore, reckon fate alone as supreme and personal effort as, no, as of no avail when matched against fate. Everything else is thrown into the background by fate. Indeed, destiny is the highest refuge. Be pleased, therefore, to extend your grace to me, who eagerly long for it, so reflected as I am, all my effort having been counteracted by an evil destiny. May God bless you. I shall seek no other shelter. In fact, there is no other asylum for me. Be good enough to avert my evil destiny through personal effort. Thus ends Canto 58 in the Balakanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.